Good morning. The reading today comes from the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2, verse 36 to 41. It's on page 1094. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus, Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children, and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted this message were baptised, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you uh, for your word. Thank you that you are the living word. Uh, And as Heather prayed, your word is alive and brings life. And we pray that you do so uh, afresh for us this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. I've uh, said before that uh, a number of years ago, back in the 70s and 80s, surveys uh, took place in universities across this country to ask what questions uh, students were asking about the Christian faith. And their overarching question, when it all kind of boiled down, it was all summed up, was, is it true? Now, you'd expect that to be the question that they'd be asking. It's a fairly simple question to ask. That survey was redone in 2010 uh, to 2012, I think it was, uh, across universities across this country. Students were asked, what question do you want to ask those with a Christian faith? What questions do you have for the church? As you look at Christianity, what's the main question in your mind? And the question had changed from, is it true, to does it work? Does it work? Does Christianity, does Jesus actually make a difference in people's lives? And we're thinking uh, this morning as we uh, come to the end of looking at our our values, uh, and certainly through the sermons, we'll explain that in a little bit, uh, we're thinking about the fact that Jesus transforms our lives. And the value that we're looking at in in a little bit is going to help us uh, reflect on that a little bit more. I absolutely love, and I don't know when the last time you did this, but I love reading through the book of Acts and reading how Jesus, the risen Jesus Christ, absolutely changes people's lives. There are so many wonderful accounts of of Jesus just completely transforming people and turning situations and places around just by his very presence, just by being who he is. You have the obvious story of Saul uh, and his amazing conversion experience becoming Paul. We know that one, I'm sure, uh, very well indeed. Uh, And the the results of that, as we know, are incredible. And then you have uh, the stories of just how different the 
disciples become, having experienced the resurrected Jesus and Pentecost, and they're fired up and fueled to go and share the good news of Jesus. These bumbling disciples who through the Gospels kept making mistakes and not really being sure, suddenly are transformed into these bold, fearless people proclaiming the Gospel. Not perfect by any means, still making mistakes, but with a fresh boldness. Something in them has changed as a result of seeing the resurrected Jesus. And then you have accounts like the one we've just heard in Acts chapter 2, where thousands of people are captivated by the story and the person of Jesus Christ. And through encounter with him by his spirit, their lives are completely and utterly transformed here and again later in other chapters as well. I love reading those stories of absolute transformation, where there's a complete 180 degree turn. I love hearing those stories in life uh, generally as well today, hearing how Jesus is still doing that in people's lives. Uh, Some of you may have been aware uh, at the time that it was happening, but in the sort of uh, mid to late 90s, uh, there was a revival in Lewis Prison and incredible scenes were happening where many uh, inmates were coming to faith. And David Powell, who was the uh, chaplain at the time, uh, along with his wife, uh, wife, wrote down some of those accounts in a book called Christ Behind Bars, which I highly commend to you. And within uh, that book, one of the stories they tell is of one of the most notorious criminals in Sussex. He was very well known in this area as being a very, very dangerous man. And whilst in prison at Lewis Prison, uh, he had a dramatic encounter with the risen Jesus, and his life was completely transformed. To the point that two years after his release he phoned David Powell the chaplain and said I just want to check you're still going with Jesus. A complete and utter transformation and that made a huge impact in my family's life because my dad who was a policeman for 30 years arrested that guy and thought if that can happen to him then there's got to be something in this Jesus fellow. Uh, His life was completely changed. I love hearing stories of transformation. Uh, on Thursday, uh, Linz and I were at uh, the launch of the new marriage course by HTB. Uh, and as part of that, they interviewed a couple. Uh, and they were, there they were, sat on the sofa, sharing how after just three years of marriage, because of being really driven by uh, their occupations, uh, they had drifted apart as a couple, and they were on the brink of divorce. And they happened to just wander along uh, to a church in London one Sunday morning, uh, having not really been brought up in the church at all. And that church was advertising a marriage course and an alpha course uh, simultaneously. Both were starting the same week. Uh, The guy in the marriage sat there thinking, I'd quite like to do that alpha course. That sounds quite good. I'd quite like to ask the questions. Uh, The lady was sitting there thinking, I think we need to do the marriage course. Uh, And they struck up a deal with each other. He said, okay, if if you come to alpha with me, then I'll come to the marriage course with you. They did them simultaneously, one on a Monday, one on a Wednesday. Uh, And it's fair to say, as you can probably imagine, because they were there being interviewed a few years later, their marriage was completely transformed. Transformed, uh, and their lives were completely transformed because they both encountered Jesus on the Alpha Course uh, and said yes to him. And the guy sat on the sofa said these incredible words, I can't change myself, I can't change other people, but Jesus has changed me. Absolutely incredible. I love stories of transformation. 
I was listening to a sermon this week by uh, Danielle Strickland, who's, uh, as you may know, is, is head of uh, the Salvation Army. She's a Canadian-based, uh, uh, she's absolutely fantastic preacher, great storyteller. Uh, and she was telling the story of how she uh, was talking about hope and saying how uh, she is prone to cynicism. And she was invited to speak at a youth rally for the Catholic Church. And she had expected it to be uh, dreadful, to be honest. I think she'd given up hope for the Catholic Church. She thought there was no hope left for the Catholic Church. She turned up at this youth rally to find there were 9,000 young people packed into a cathedral, and the person running the course said, basically, just tell them about Jesus. And so she got up, she faithfully preached the gospel, and then said, stand up if you'd like to commit your life to Jesus. And she said, no word of a lie, all 9,000 young people stood up. And then she said, I must have preached it too softly. It must have been, so she preached it again and said, it's going to be hard, it's going to be tough. She said, she, she preached the kind of cost of discipleship sermon and how hard it's going to be. And again, all 9,000 people, all 9,000 young people stood up uh, to respond. And then uh, the, the priest who was leading this whole conference uh, stood in the, the place, I don't know if you, many of you know much about the Catholic Church, but particularly in cathedrals, there's a place at the front that is reserved for the priest alone. Nobody is allowed in that place except for the priest. It's very sacred. And he invited Daniel Strickland to join him in that that place. And then he continued to preach the gospel and to preach about sacrifice and, and co- the cost of discipleship and what it means. And he said basically to these young people, he said, if any of you seriously want to be sold out for Jesus, if you want to give your entire lives over to him, then come and join us here in the place where nobody's allowed to go. And a thousand of those young people stepped forward into the Holy of Holies and had an incredible transformation. Later that afternoon, they were at a prayer meeting on a hill and they were praying for the nations. And Danielle Strickland said that uh, they were praying for ISIS. And she said the way that she had been taught to pray for ISIS was to pray for the bombs to land in the right places. You know, to kill the right people so that an end would come to ISIS. And then one of the young people shouted at the top of his voice, praying for ISIS, Lord, we pray for everyone in ISIS to have a soul encounter of Jesus. And she said that's how we should be praying for the world. Complete transformation. Jesus is changing lives just as much today as he did in the book of Acts. And isn't it incredible that that's what he's in the business of doing? That he is the one who turns crucifixions into resurrections. It's the very business he's in. Uh, And that's a wonderful joy and delight to celebrate together. I often think about how different my life had been had he not transformed it at the age of 16. Uh, And and just to think at what he's done in my life. I don't know if you've ever uh, done that for yourself. Now, Jesus is in the business of transforming. Now, sometimes it is those incredible, life-changing, momentary changes, but also transformation can be a process in our lives as well. That whole kind of phrase that you know that Jesus loves you just as you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. He has a desire for us to be the best versions of ourselves that we can possibly be. And that's a lifelong journey of walking with him. If you've seen uh, the videos we've been producing this week, you would have seen the one on holiness, saying that holiness is a very gritty, everyday decision to choose to walk with God, to choose to live that day with God. And it's not always an easy decision, but he is wanting to change us, to form us, to be the best versions of ourselves that we can be. 
And just like that guy said at the marriage course, I can't change myself. I cannot change other people. But Jesus can change me. And so our uh, final value that we're uh, announcing this week, uh, if we can have it on the screen, if it works. Here we come. Oh, it does look. We desire to see lives transformed by Jesus and seek opportunities to introduce others to him through discipleship and mission. Because here's the thing. Jesus has not outsourced transforming people's lives to us. He is still the only one who can change and transform a person's life. He's not given us that job. But Jesus' desire has always been to partner and work with us, to work with the church in order to introduce people to the person of Jesus Christ. When you look at the Acts of the Apostles and where the lives are transformed and the lives are changed, it's because the Apostles would stand up and say, Jesus, whom you crucified, is risen from the dead and with us now, he is the Son of God. He is the one that we've been waiting for and lives would be transformed and changed as they have an encounter with him. Our job, our responsibility, our duty and our joy is to introduce people to Jesus. And this is what we've been uh, seeing, particularly, I think, uh, through, through various things that we're doing here. And, and a, about a year ago, maybe more than a year ago, uh, the PCC of the time got together and said that one of our desires is to create as many opportunities as possible for people in our villages to meet those who know Jesus. Uh, because we know there's a lot of people in this church who are here because of that. Because they met these Christians and realized actually they're all right. (laughs) Uh, And actually they've got something that we need and something that we want. And their lives are transformed through finding Jesus. We had someone at the pantry on Saturday saying, when are you next doing Alpha? Because I'm ready for it now. I mean, this is amazing, isn't it? This is, what, this is what it should be like. Because they've met people who know Jesus and they want what we've got. Not because we're better than other people, not because we're higher than other people, not that because we are these perfect people, but because we're broken, but we found healing. We found hope and life in the person of Jesus, and he has changed us. The best testimonies, as the ones we've just heard have shown, are the testimonies that show that Jesus is making a difference in our lives. So when we say we hold the role of testimony highly, that's the kind of thing we want to be hearing. Look at what Jesus has done. Look at what he can still do for us today. Look at how he's transforming lives. Now, it's one thing to say that we want to see Jesus transform the lives of others. And and we've got to hold with that the value that we said last week or two weeks ago that we don't see people as projects. We see people as people. We don't want to see them change because it makes life easier for us. We want to see them change because we want them to know Jesus today. We don't want them to miss out on what Jesus has to offer. And so we want to do that. But the question, the, more, the bigger challenge really, is are you still willing to allow Jesus to go on transforming you? Because if you're not willing to be transformed by Jesus, then I think it's wrong to hope that he'll transform the lives of others. Because there is a transformation that is going on in us. We, there, there's an instant transformation in the sense you are children and son of God, sons and daughters of God. That doesn't change. Through what Jesus has done on the cross, that is a once and for all act. And as I was saying in the video for holiness, our, our, our future hope and our relationship with Jesus doesn't depend on how holy we are. Uh, but actually, there is still a desire that we want to be more like Jesus. 
Isn't there? We want to be going from glory to glory. We want to be, become more like Christ in how we love the Father, in how we love one another, in how we live as community. And all those things uh, we're seeking to do. But there are parts of our lives that we know we can't change, that only he can. And the question is, are you letting him in to do that? Are you trusting him enough to say, Jesus, I surrender that part of my life to you. Do what you need to do in me. Do you trust him well enough to know that what he has for you, if you do that, is good? And there may be challenges within it, but it will ultimately be for your good and for his glory, for his good and for his glory and for you. That Jesus wants to work with you, to partner with you, to help you to be the best version of yourself that you can be. Are you willing to let him do that by his spirit? Have you fully surrendered every single part of your life to him? Or are you holding back the part that you think can't change? You don't want him to change? Or you don't think he can change? Or you're scared if he does change? Because we all have those areas in our lives at certain times. We all go through those seasons where we hold back a little bit of ourselves. But for transformation to take place, knowing that he's the only one who can do it, we need to be willing to let him do it. And that's a really tough thing. So our challenging questions for this week, and I warn you again, they're not easy. They never have been. Do I believe Jesus can and does transform lives? I mean, do you believe what you read? Do you believe those stories that I shared, that that's the same Jesus, that he can still do this stuff, that he is still doing this stuff in people's lives? Secondly, is there anyone that I've given up praying for? I put that one on there quite interestingly because we, we can desire for Jesus to change someone's life for so long and we can pray and we can pray and we can pray and then it doesn't happen and we can give up praying. But if we believe that Jesus still transforms lives, then I think we should still be praying until it happens. Uh, And then lastly, the one that I just mentioned, am I still allowing him to transform my life? Are there any areas of my life I need to surrender to him so that he can do his work in me? Trusting that he is good. One of the most transforming things for a community of people, if you're looking at us as a body together, uh, is encountering the glory of God. Now, encountering the glory of God, or wanting to encounter the glory of God, is a very dangerous thing to pray. And often people pray to see God's glory without really knowing what the consequences of that might be. If you read in scripture about where people encounter God's glory, it doesn't normally end very prettily. Uh, It doesn't normally end very well. At the very, very least, you will be face down on the floor uh, in worship and adoration. And so the key thing is that we need to be ready for God's glory. And the question then is, uh, what makes us ready? How do we become ready for the glory of God in our own lives as he transforms us and as a community? Well, I believe that readiness is found in knowing the goodness of God. Because if you fully believe in the goodness of God, then you know whatever he's going to do is going to be good. And there may be seasons where it doesn't feel like it and it feels more of a challenge than a joy, but you know the end result will be good because he is good. And so in a church where we know 
that Jesus is transforming lives, where we believe he's transforming lives, when we know him to be good. And and in a place going back to previous values where this is a place where we take off our masks and say, Jesus, here I am as I am. Do with me whatever you will. We know that what you're going to do is going to be good. May we together encounter the glory of God for ourselves and for the sake of our community. And may others look and see by the way we love one another, by the way we trust Jesus, by what Jesus is doing in our lives, that he is real, he is true, and he does work. (laughs) He is the answer to all of the questions that students have always been asking, that everybody's been asking, because he transforms our lives. So... Not an easy challenge uh, this week to finish on. Um, Just to explain what we're doing with the values over the next few weeks, uh, the plan is that we are going to be putting those in a document that will enable you to reflect on them on a personal level during Lent. So over the course of the next few weeks, there will be uh, something coming out for you to to read the values again. Uh, There'll be a series of questions to guide you through how to reflect on those personally, or maybe as a small group or a prayer triplet or however you want to do it. And then at the end of the Lent, towards the APCM, we'll be gathering those back together, uh, and then we'll be forming a a kind of complete document based on what God's been revealing to us individually as to where we are as a church with these values, uh, which will then form our vision for 20 and beyond. Uh, So that will all be explained as as we do it more over the next few weeks. Uh, But as we do that, let's enter into it with open hearts, knowing that Jesus wants to bring about transformation for us and for this church. Uh, Why don't we uh, stand together? We're going to have a time of um, singing in response. Uh, But before we do sing... I just want to encourage you to maybe, if you feel comfortable doing this kind of thing, don't worry if you don't, just to hold out your hands as if receiving a gift. And I deliberately say as receiving a gift, because uh, I just want to assure you and remind you that if you are surrendering a part of your life over to God this morning, that what he's going to give you in return will ultimately be good. And so we pray, Holy Spirit, would you come and highlight those areas in our lives where only you can transform us. Where we can't do it ourselves anymore. we've tried to do it in our own strength or maybe where we've even um, buried our heads in the sand and not dealt with it at all Jesus remind us of your goodness so that we can be ready for your transforming glory in our lives and as a church. I want to invite you that as we're worshipping, as we're singing uh, this morning, 
uh, and you'd like prayer for anything, then please do just come to the front and um, myself or Anna or Linz or somebody could come and pray with you and pray for you um, as you do this work with God this morning. Let today be the beginning of something for you uh, and do seek prayer for that if you need to as we uh, sing and worship together.